is where business ideas and passions turn into profit. Napkin ideas are no longer tucked away in drawers, and women around the globe are turning their hobbies into million-dollar businesses. Welcome to Million Dollar Hobbies. Here's your host, world-renowned jewelry designer and Shop HQ celebrity, Victoria Wick. Welcome to another episode of Million Dollar Hobbies Podcast. Are you tired of cooking the same old, same old? I mean, have you been cooking a lot since, let's say, like March 2020? Are you looking for recipes, dishes that celebrate life, uh, celebrate, you know, our fitness and all the things that we can look forward to for 2021? If so, stay tuned because I have an extraordinary chef, um, Daniel Green, and um, he's going to give us, get us all dialed up and everything else. But let me just explain to you a little bit about what Daniel offers today. Daniel, I, I personally love Daniel's um, cookbooks and the dishes because they, he actually writes books that people can actually follow and make great dishes with very little time. And what I love about all of that is so simple. They taste absolutely fabulous and they're great. And I've actually even managed to lose a few pounds. Daniel is from England across the pond. And um, what's extraordinary about his story is that he has, um, he didn't you know, have like a fancy, fancy training, formal training but he gives us this amazing ability to enjoy our food, our family, our time. Welcome, Daniel, to my show. Thank you, Victoria. Lovely to be with you as always. And getting to know you more and more has been wonderful, but it's been an interesting year, hasn't it? Oh, I, uh, interesting is, uh, that is so British of you. <laughs> <laughs> well, and particularly on the food scene, you know, obviously the restaurants have been in dire trouble. Um, our whole eating habits have changed. We've never cooked Absolutely. so much at home. Yeah. We've never used our pans like we have. We've never pantry. We've never done that. So it's been interesting to come up with some innovative ways and creative and um, actually doing a new series on a... Um, big platform every day health and also some other things because I'm always about the healthy side with it and also a company called Wellbeats and I've been doing these things which is like around the world from home or your favorite takeout guilt-free because in the last year people have really been having those takeouts that aren't that good for you that aren't really good uh, ingredients but also Victoria they don't taste that great because they're put in a polystyrene container oh, no. or a box tell me about it and tell they arrive it. and they're like that's not how it should be now Daniel I want to ask you now, were you always into health and fitness? Uh, I mean, there is definitely, I, as you know, I know a lot of chefs uh, personally and professionally. Mm. And um, when I, um, you know, work with your recipes, they're really simple. They, they don't require a ton of ingredients. They don't require like, you know, like all days of simmering and all that. You know, I'm really health conscious. And right now, more than ever before, I mean, we know yes. the pandemic one of the best ways you can protect your family is to stay healthy. And one of the, you know, to me, I'm no doctor, so, but I do think that you are what you eat. So, you know, tell us your journey uh, about how you, you create these dishes and what was your philosophy yeah. and how, how you came about this, this kind of cooking really, that's great for us. And you're absolutely, absolutely right. I think what the last year has shown us is obesity isn't good for so many different things. You know, we just have known that, you know, we always kind of shield away from it and like, oh, it's okay. It's, it's not okay. So for health reasons, we've seen that anything that you're getting 
uh, being overweight just doesn't ever help that. It makes it worse. So my, my way I got into it, I was always a skinny kid and my two brothers and we were always, you know, fit and running around. I went through some time. I hated school. I started eating junk food. And by the time I was about 17, I'd put on a lot of weight. <clears throat> and I got to about 19, 20, and I'm like, I don't like this. I really don't. It didn't feel good. And I started this campaign, this way of losing weight. In those days, it was back in the 80s, and it was all about fat-free, fat-free. And it was like so boring. Anyone telling you about food was like, have some, do you remember the Slim Fast days? Oh, you have like the that. Slim Fast for lunch and boiled chicken and vegetables. I was like, oh, oh my God. it's got to be better than this. You so have to I stop dating to us, Daniel. You have to stop dating yeah, us. Yeah, I know. I'm going back a long time. But I took a trip to Thailand for the first time and I couldn't believe it. All I was hearing was fattest flavor, fattest flavor. And I went to Thailand and that wasn't the case. I was like, this is interesting food. This is amazing. These ingredients have got me excited. So I went home and I cooked and I cooked and I cooked and I lost 65 pounds over three years. I did it very slowly. I never thought I would do anything with it. But I started this cooking just completely on my own that I felt was good. Anyway, long story short, I never thought I'd make a career of it, but there was an opportunity that came up in a magazine. I'd, I'd gone into some modeling. I did modeling purely because I thought I wanted to document being thin because I thought I'd never be thin for long. I thought I was going to blow up again. So I went into that and I thought it was just going to be fun. It was a really good lesson for me, the modeling, because it kind of showed you that you just keep going and you work. It's not rejection. It wasn't just you've got to be right for the right job. <clears throat> Something came up in a magazine, which was our food magazine in England, TV chef for the future. I was like, I want to show my ideas of my recipes. I won this competition. It gave me a showreel and not much else. But I had this ambition now that I wanted to tell my story. So I ended up getting on the Carlton Food Network, which was our food network at the time. Then I found an agent and then I did my first cookbook and it just rolled on from there. So I ended up in kitchens. I ended up running a kitchen for, I had a kind of franchise or I, I had my own kitchen in a nightclub. I got in, but I did it my way. And it was always about going around the world. Travel was everything, making easy, simple food, but a little bit more exciting than what diet food was. And I followed the trends from paleo all the way through. <clears throat> but the reason my recipes are so easy is because I am not from that ilk of culinary schools in those days did not teach you how to make anything healthier. They made you right. uh, teach you how to do it more fattening. And I get it. You want to be a Michelin star chef. You've got to use the you know most important ingredients and butter and cream and cheese. It wasn't my style. So I made it simple, healthy. And it was something that I feel was a good choice because now when I've written 12 cookbooks, people make my recipes because they are that easy. And I'm not trying to sell a restaurant that's a $200, $300 a head restaurant. Now, if you are some of the best chefs in the world that I love, they probably couldn't do a cookbook like mine because it's too easy for what they're selling. So I've always been very down to earth with that. But it has been an interesting career. Airlines, hotels, uh, designing for everything and always that philosophy you know it's really interesting um as you know i know several of those michelin um star chefs in fact yeah. i know more than most people do and at least one of them have told me uh when i asked for cooking tips this is a true story one of them told me hey when in doubt victoria uh use more uh, salt sugar and butter not necessarily in that order because you know it doesn't yeah. make everything taste better so you know i don't actually like to um use that much sugar and butter because they're not really good for you. But yeah. I have a question now, you know, a lot of us love watching you, um, you know, even when you're on social media and you're cooking something really simple, 
they just look, first of all, your dishes look beautiful. They're, they're, they just have these amazing fresh notes of color. Um, mm. They look like something you want to eat. Um, mm. When you cook behind the, the camera, is it really that easy? I mean, you're talking to yeah. your producer, talking to your audience, you're creating dishes and cooking. Um, is it that easy or, it, you know, because you've been doing it for so long, it comes naturally to you. Just it, it's, so, it, it's very simple. Victoria, I, I guess I could put it to you like this. I imagine you are a person that when you lay a table and you've got people coming over, you're never going to put a bottle on that table. You're not going to put ketchup and you're not going to, uh, you know, put something in plastic. You're going to put it in a nice crystal bowl or love. That's the way right. you intend. So it, it's not a big deal, is it? It takes you two seconds. So that's all I do with the presentation of the food. It's not a big deal. You take a big white plate or I've collected plates. I, I spend a little bit of money when I'm traveling and find something fabulous. You get a beautiful plate and it's just the way you place it. It's just, it, it's so simple. I have a couple of, you know, sauces I'll put in a tube in a, like a squeezy bottle so I can drizzle it over. They're real simple steps, but it's just about how the eye sees it. And when you see it like that, you can make restaurant food at home. I do that even if it's for my family, just for me. I have to put it that way. And it is artistic. It makes you kind of just gravitate towards it. So it's that person that wants to do that. It takes two minutes to do. You just kind of just display a, a bit more like just think about being in a restaurant and how you kind of put, put it on top and uh, again don't overcrowd a plate and just do it nicely it's very simple now when you're cooking though is there a lot of prep work to producing a tv show that does the <clears throat> cooking or do you if, in your case is it just all live you know everything's live because i really did train the first time i was in a proper kitchen was the mandarin oriental hong kong and i was overwhelmed I was in their coffee shop and I had a guest chef menu for the month and they had about 150 covers in a postage stamp, tiny. The, the kitchen in there is, was tiny before they renovated. And I learned so fast how to cook the way they cook a lot in Asia, which is fast food we think of as being unhealthy food. Not there. It just means everything's stovetop. You've got these huge right. wops, yeah. these mats massive fires and you could just cook so quickly so everything i've ever done is real time i actually didn't really use an oven very much because ovens aren't really used that much in hong kong or right. thailand so i got into that kind of pickup i love that style even when I, I had a recipe that was baked garlic i've never seen that it was actually baked in four but I put it in a wok and covered it it does the same thing as an oven so i learned so many techniques but i learned how to do speed and quick and fast so I definitely love that way of cooking where just the things can be prepped like cut and ready to go, <clears throat> but certainly not going to be something where I use the oven and here's what I cooked earlier. That's not, I like to show people you can really do this in five minutes. So what I'm hearing from you, Daniel, is, um, you know, I, I love food from Thailand and Hong Kong, and especially when you're mm. there. I mean, it, it's a whole, yeah. other, whole other level. Um, yeah. I understand that, but you know, look at, listen, when I listen to you, I'm thinking to myself, oh my God, look at that creativity. Cause if you brought what you ate in Hong Kong and Thailand on, on the streets out there and you came here and you wrote a cookbook on that, that I don't know that that would be all that adaptable to American nope. life. So you somehow nope. used the best of everything, you know, the, the, the super speed um, cooking techniques, um, you know, at, at very, very high heat, short time. Uh, you're also using amazingly fresh ingredients, but you're also being very creative about how to sort of uh, sprinkle the right doses of this flavor versus that flavor. Because I can, I can, be, you know, when I look at your uh, recipe books, I can't tell if they're, you know, 
from Hong Kong or Thailand or whatever. You know, I've been to all these places, but yes. it's, it's just very smooth um, continental food that no matter who I have coming to visit me, that, you know, I'm, I don't really like to cook. I'm just going to tell you, I don't like to cook. I don't have the confidence to cook that well. Um, I think part of the problem I have is, you know, when you travel, like we have had the privilege of traveling and we've dined at these fine places, you know, I, I don't really know that I can do that at home. So I've just stopped cooking. Your food though, you do have this uh, flavors, very international cuisine type of flavors that are easy to eat, digest, and appreciate. And there's something, something a little bit exotic about every dish that you create too. Well, I've been very thoughtful of it. And my philosophy on that has been, Victoria, how I don't get people to use a lot of ingredients they've never used. And I also don't get them ingredients that are hard to find. So I can tell you, I've had Singapore chili crab oh, I love in that. the port. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. One of the best things I've ever oh, eaten. Oh, I, I know. I could go there just Good. for that one thing. I know. Hundred but but would I create it like that? No, because it would be so hard for anyone to be right. able to do. So I will take that and I will just add ingredients. I know people use soy sauce. I know they use sesame oil. I know they can use ginger. But am I going to get them to use a mirror? Or am I going to get them to use... No, I'm going to do this on a very easy way that you might have one ingredient that you might buy, but the rest you kind of are used to using. That way I feel people will make it. So I really try and tone it down that it is... Uh, not so much Americanized, but just I did that when I was in England, just finding things that were easy to find. So if it's a pak choy or certain bok choy or a certain kind of you know, vegetable, would I prefer it to be that? Yes. But if it's spinach, it's going to work great. And we're going to do the same kind of thing because I know people will make it. So as soon as we get people out of their, their, their swim lane, they probably won't make it. So I want to make it a little bit aspirational, but very achievable. You know, that's what I absolutely love about your cookbook, your cookbooks. And that's what I absolutely hate about other cookbooks that I've had. I mean, some of these cookbooks, I, I mean, I should show you one day. In fact, when I put this on YouTube, I should actually take a picture of all the cookbooks <laughs> I own. I own so many cookbooks, it's ridiculous. Um, I love collecting cookbooks because it tells you history yeah. of people. But yes. um, one of the things I hate about it is that when I have to look for eight different ingredients that are a pinch of this and pinch of that, and I don't know mm. how important it is in that dish, um, I mean, I, they ha had me do like Aleppo salt or whatever. And I'm thinking to myself, like, what about, what if I even go start looking for one, one, one of these, right? Yeah. So it just kind of sucks out your desire to start to cook something. Plus, if you're already suffering from confidence, you know, you just don't know how much to use and all that. So I love the fact that you have made that really simple so that I noticed that when you sent me, uh, thank you for sending me your cookbook. So when you sent it to me, I was able to cook that day. Yeah, without having yeah. to go to the store uh, because almost everything you said, you know, to use, I had it uh, and, and stuff that I use all the time. And I really like that a lot. Um, well, I think it's that, and it goes back to that point that, you know, uh, the Jean Georges of this world are amazing. I mean, it's, it's a talent like yeah. you can't believe. Gordon Ramsay, I remember going to his restaurant Aubergine in London before he was ever famous. Uh, I mean, these are brilliant cooks, but I learned the first thing when I was a, kid in France how to make a classic Dijon dressing which is white vinegar Dijon mustard and olive oil and there's nothing else um, I can do that in a recipe book yeah. but they couldn't uh, right. because it's just too simple and it's just not enough so I get that and, and that's I think where I connect with a different audience now there are people that 
do want to recreate a John George experience. And if they can pull that off, fantastic. I mean, that's amazing. But you are just talking about a lifestyle and something very different. Or for me, it's like every day. But I also want people to make things that are slimmed down, that are different alternatives. So you're always compromising a little. I just Mm -hmm. want to make that compromise very, very small. So when you're having things like, you know, a Burblanc sauce or this, I just want to do a little bit of an adaption, a little bit of a, a change to make food taste really good um, and and save those moments. You know, if I'm right. going to John George, I want to enjoy that. I'm going to have the cheese tray. I am going to have right. the foie gras. I'm going to have everything that's indulgent. But are we doing this Monday to Friday? And actually, funnily enough, if you travel around France and you stay at somebody's chateaus and you see the chefs there, they actually don't eat like that themselves because it's no, too much all the time. Yeah. <clears throat> Very simple, good ingredients and go back to classics. So I, I think that's the way is, you know, mine is like, one of my books is called Monday to Friday. Yeah, I That's that. my philosophy. And, and on the weekends, I'm going to just enjoy and I'm going to go out and I'll never compromise when I'm going to have deep fried chili crab and say, oh no, I want a healthier version, but I'm going to be really good Monday to Friday and that's the way I cook. And, you know, I started the show by introducing you as uh, somebody who gives us, you know, food uh, recipes that we celebrate life and life's, you know, precious moments. And I want to tell you that after I got your cookbook, um, the, the Modern Dining is my favorite. I was able to get my kids to help me cook. So now, you know, my daughter comes over, she'll make one dish out of that and I'll make something else and my son and I'll make something. It's that easy because none of them have yeah. ever used cookbooks before. And I love that. Um, my question, I, I have, I just, I'm just curious, like when you go home, I know a lot of chefs, like when I was tra- traveling through France, um, I noticed some of them just like, just want a great burger. They go, they get off work and th- that's what they crave. They're not actually eating what they created, which is kind of interesting. Yes. Um, what about you? When you go home, I, what do you create, cre- cre- crave and what do you eat? Well, I'm in a very different place because as you know, a lot of my life is live shopping, infomercials, different kinds of work. I'm not in a kitchen. I'm not in a kitchen from seven in the morning and leave at midnight. Now I yeah. was, I ran a nightclub restaurant um, when I was really in the getting going in England. Uh, I hated to come home and cook at that point because I mean, that was all I was right. doing all day. Right. That was a, That's what most chefs are doing in a restaurant. But a lot of my creativity is actually finding recipes when I'm at home. So I have the time. I'm making two dishes for my wife and I yeah. or for the family. And that is a very slow pace, easy to do. And I'm trying and testing. Or I'm doing a cookbook and I've got like two months to be able to create these recipes. And it's a slow pace one at a time. So I don't ever have that. That A lot of chefs do is come home and it's like, oh, my goodness, I've got to cook. That's the last thing I want to do. Um, I have that space. So it's a bit different. I love that. Okay, so you have now written, is it 13 different cookbooks? Yeah, I'm actually, I'm on, um, I'm on number 13, which is an interesting uh, collaboration with the doctor, which will be out in September. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. Because, you know, I, I'm really looking forward to your cookbooks. And, you know, those of you ladies who are listening to us right now, um, you know, the one thing you know, I've, uh, as, as you know, Daniel, I, I go to meetings. I, some of these meetings could be very hectic and kind of draining. Uh, I'm traveling um, and, you know, designing jewelry. So our lives are really hectic and filled. I mean, it's no different than anybody else, you know, any other woman, you know, a mom who's going to work and coming home. But most women, I mean, our biggest decision is what to cook for dinner. Really, <laughs> you know, yeah, it's absolutely. like... And any- and even more so this year, you know, even more so this year, Absolutely. we have been yeah. pushed 
to the limit on how to create and cook. It was it was fun at the beginning, wasn't it? You know, the first month oh, of being home was like, mm. I mean, I, we were we were doing a little theme around the world from home and every day we, I took my little daughter who was seven at the time and we're kind of like dressing up France and going to France right. and, you know, just kind of being creative. But then then it kind of got hard. So my main, my main goal is easy, quick cooking, but I'd love people to have a success in weight. I really would, because I've had that and the motivation is amazing, the way that changes. Now, you can do it through food um, and I feel small baby steps and get a little bit of a result, you'll want to go more. You just follow it. And I love that you know idea of getting people to change up a few things in their pantry, a few things in the way they technique, a few things that they cook. And that makes a huge difference to your end result of maybe weighing yourself once a week and seeing what you can actually do by just changing a few things with food. If you see it as I did many years ago, I went to the next level and the next level and it was my life. It doesn't have to be, but it's a nice way that if you're not compromising that much and you didn't really feel you're on a diet, it's a really interesting way for people to just kind of delicately try, uh, hey, I don't mind cooking that way. It actually tastes really good. I can eat this and then you have amazing results. You know, that's interesting you say that because um, I made a conscious decision to make sure that my family is, you know, eating healthy and also to not, you know, I, I just do not like love uh, takeout foods. I don't like food in styrofoam yeah. dishes because I think they change the flavor. I don't, you know, yeah. they may tell me differently, but I think they change the flavor. They change the temperature uh, coming from my yeah. culture where everything is eaten either ice cold or very, very hot. Um, I, I don't want to have to reheat that stuff when we come home. It's just completely, you know, just kills the experience. When I started cooking with your food, um, I didn't actually try to lose weight. Um, I actually uh, wanted to stay fit. Um, I knew that, you know, like we can't go to the gym. I'm not traveling as much. So what happened to me was I stopped eating restaurant foods because I traveled millions of miles a year. So I'm eating airline food, airport food. I land and I go to eat hotel food. Uh, and I didn't realize how much damage they were doing for my body until I was in this, um, you know, COVID lockdown. I lost about seven pounds, not wow. trying that hard, um, yeah. just eating, you know, healthier foods and um, cooking it myself. So there was no preservatives of all that stuff in there. And just moving around, walking my dog and, you know, pretty much doing like a couple of downloadable exercises. And um, that was pretty much um, all I had to do. So I think for all of uh, our listeners out there, you know, try one of Daniel's 13 cookbooks. I mean, you'll find it to be absolutely amazing. The other thing I love about um, Daniel's cookbooks is that he, you know, paleo, for example, <clears throat> I do not eat any meat. I will eat fish and I feel guilty about eating fish too, but how easy it was to uh, change out like meat with tofu or meat with mm. seitan or meat with fish, mm -hmm. um, and they were very healthy for you, and it's protein packed. And so, even for those of us who don't even eat meat, because when I first saw paleo food, I was like, yeah. I don't know if I can even do this. But it was the easiest thing ever. So, if those of you, you know, for those of you who, you know, the other day I went to the UPS store to uh, ship some, you know, some things, and one of those was my like a Korean cookbook for from my mother. And um, the, the lady at UPS said, uh, so what's in it? I said, it's cookbooks. I said, isn't there anything, there's nothing else to do out here now except cook. And the whole place lit up. 
And all these people were like, I hate cooking. I'm sick and tired of cooking, you know, on and on and on and on. There was a, what cookbook is in there? I mean, it was just crazy. That's how we all feel. And um, so I just, you know, I, Daniel, first of all, I know the journey that you have walked and I am so proud of you and your wife, Jane, both. I mean, you're just an, just an inspiration and uh, you're not only are you a celebrated chef, but you actually care. You really do care about how people are going to experience your food, what it does to their body. Um, and, you know, I, I just so enjoy your philosophy and what you have created and, and the journey. I mean, that's you are you are not even an American, but you are living the American dream story. And um, that's what this show is all about, taking your passion into a multi-million dollar business and um by the way, did you know you were the first male guest on this show? No, I didn't. Thank you for that. You were the very first <laughs> male guest. You will always be remembered as my very, oh. very first male guest and so worthy. But um, if somebody wanted to become like a TV uh, chef or mm. they love cooking and they have dreams of sharing their food with other people, what advice would you give? This was my last question, I promise. And, and, and jump into that. Um, I'll also just, I want to point out what you said was very interesting about paleo. A lot of people have the concept of it being meat, meat, meat. I think because people think it's like an Atkins. It actually isn't. You're allowed coconut milk and other things. So right. avocados, you know, so, so it's got a different concept. My advice could only be this. I never thought I'd make a career of this, but I knew I loved it so much. And I just knew nothing could stop me. And all I can say is if you really love something, no one can stop you. If you love doing something, you're going to do it the best you can. You'll do it better than anything else you choose. So if I had 10 things I could have done, the one thing I wanted to do is the one thing I could do and the one thing I'd be best at it. How far you can take that, you never know. Just follow what you absolutely love doing. I love that. And don't you think, though, even if you don't get it that far, do you think that it was worth having that much fun and following your dreams? Because if you stick to it, you will get it at some point. I, I think you never know your own potential, but I think you will take that the furthest it can be. Right. So if you're That's stuck true. in a job that you don't love, you may get to a certain place in it. You do something you love. I know you're going to do it better than anything else because you'll find the opportunities. You'll find the ways to do it. Uh, but you will do it the best. Does that mean you're going to be rock star at the top of that? No, but maybe that's not even that important. No, As you not. said, have some fun along the way. So I would only say to people, if you know you love doing something in 10 years, you would love to look back saying, I did that for a decade. That's your decision made. Well, thank you so much for all the words of wisdom. Daniel, thank you, Victoria. How, yeah, how do people reach you um, and how do they find your cookbooks? Other than I'm Chef Amazon. Daniel Green on any following. So if it's Instagram, Facebook, just Chef Daniel Green. And all books are on Amazon. Uh, you can just Google under Chef Daniel Green or put it under Paleo or anything like that. Yeah. So I will have Daniel's contact points um, uh, in my show notes. And I highly encourage you to go check out some of his recipes. It'll it'll be a life changer and a game changer. Thank you. Until next You're time. You're the best. Stay Thanks, Victoria. You've been listening to Million Dollar Hobbies, where we turn dreams into reality and passion into profit. According to ancient Chinese proverb, a journey of a thousand miles begins with a single step. Congratulations on taking that first step today. For more information on how Victoria can help you turn your hobby into a million dollars and to download Victoria's free ebook on passion-based business ideas, 
visit milliondollarhobbies.com. And don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast player.